When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Foolish is absolutely the word there. And I, by the way, this is a scenario where I think two things are true. In that spot, a tight game late, I think the flag, first of all, I thought was unnecessary. I don't think that the ref needs to get in the way there, use common sense. It is clear to me on replay, Feliciano is flexing at Slayton. But that being said, there's just no reason for Feliciano to go run. It wasn't a touchdown, Paul. There's no, no. reason to run down the field 10 yards and flex at Slayton, who, by the way, made a better, better catch earlier. No, you know, it's just crazy to me because, again, I'm a fan of Dable and I'm a fan of everything they've done. But they have had some of these undisciplined penalties in this recent stretch of poor play, whether it's illegal formations. But this one was the game is over. Now, of course, could they turn the ball over here? Could Gano miss a field goal? I yes. know, I know. We, we understand that. But the way the game had gone. Washington wasn't scoring twice the rest of the game. Just run up to Slayton and hug him if you want to, for God's sakes. Oh, my God. Seriously. Seriously. Oh, it drove me nuts. That, to me, more than anything else, was the turning point and the reason they did not win the game. To me, that was the one point. Yeah, that, to me, me is one that is so self-inflicted. Obviously, and I caught up to Slayton after the game on the field, and he came right out and put that miss on the bomb on him. He said he should have caught it. He knows he should have caught it, knows he should have made that play, and that would have put them practically into field goal range as well because they were also going into that end zone. So so those were two things that the Giants had total control over. There were a lot of other things that neither team had control over, uh, which was under the umbrella of very, very ragged officiating. Yeah, but we don't have to necessarily yeah, go there. So I'm glad you brought up the Slayton and the drop thing because I was borderline like shocked. So, of course, Paul, as you know, when you're at a stadium and you're watching the game on TV, at times you were seeing two different games, right? You're not getting the commentary in the broadcast. You might miss some stuff, but you might see some stuff in the stadium that isn't seen otherwise. I walked out of the game, first of all, feeling two things. Kind of unfulfilled, but I understood, and I was fine with a tie more than a loss, and I certainly didn't leave the stadium like pissed off. But, you know, the amount of texts and stuff I got from a lot of, you know, giant fan, friends, followers, crushing Daniel Jones after the game about that throw to Slayton. And it just for me, man, Paul, I, I had decent enough seats, enough where I had the old 22, but I was in the lower level. I can't recall being at a giant game for 60 minutes plus where I've never seen that much lack of separation from receivers all game long. And to see Jones have the numbers he had, which were both at least 200 yards passing, and of course the 70 yard, almost 300 yards in accountable offense, plus the two touchdowns converting off that fumble for the touchdown. If you're blaming Daniel Jones for that throw to Slayton because Slayton had to adjust, he doesn't get fingertips on it. He gets both hands on it. And this is nothing new. A.J. Brown makes that play for Jalen Hurts, okay? Where Jalen Hurts wouldn't have had to make that play in the past. If we've gotten to the point where Daniel Jones actually needs to throw the most perfect pass 
between the numbers or lead somebody in stride with every single throw, and that is your complaint after every game, well, then you're answering the question, is it a quarterback problem or is it a roster problem? Because their only receiver getting separation has a history of dropsies, and you can't count on him to be an absolute stud monster with every pass. So I just don't get the idea of crushing Jones for that pass. Did you crush Jones when he found Slayton for that first down that should have won the game when Feliciano took the penalty? Did you crush Jones when he hit Slayton uh, over, uh, you know, down the sideline earlier uh, in the game? How about the the BB he threw to, to Richie James? James that yes. set up the final field goal? How about James, that? It could have been dead in the water. He zinged it right in there. It's a perfect pass. So, again, do I think Daniel Jones is his ultimate elite quarterback? Yes. But the fans killing Daniel Jones again after the game. It's it, What are we watching? What are you watching? You know, like I say, Darius Slayton took blame for dropping that ball on the field with me immediately following the game. He got both hands on it. Victor Cruz told me after the game that he should not have spun in a 180-degree turn. Right. He, he made it so much felt, harder than it had to be. He made the catch a lot harder than it had to be, and that's why he wound up bobbling it and losing it on the way down. He did not have to make that 480-degree spin. He could have even gone 90 degrees and gone up and reached up with a hand and brought it in and hold it in that way. But he wanted to get two hands on it. He spun all the way around, and that's why he lost his balance and lost the catch. I want to give you a number because, you know, I watch detailed tape work every single week, Sean, and I know some analytics people only have the Giants for, like, in the low 20s for drops. I'm a very tough grader because I learned from Bill Parcells how to grade tape. I've got the Giants for 32 drops this year, oh, and insane. 15 of them were first down throws. Okay. So you Daniel Jones critics out there, throw that in your pipe and smoke it, and then try telling me that this guy's not good enough. And and that's going to lead us into the negative of this, Paul. So for all the positive we're talking about being in it, playoff haunt, and the big game versus Washington, which should be noted, by the way, a lot of the podcasts you might have heard in Giants coverage came out before the news. The Giants will play the Commanders on Sunday night football, not on Saturday night in two weeks, which is, I actually, to be honest with you, Paul, I know my mother-in-law ain't going to listen. I was invited to my mother-in-law's Christmas Day that Saturday, and I was already out assuming the Giants are playing. Now my wife knows, and I'm sucked back in. So I actually hate that with Sunday night football and not playing on that Saturday. Damn it, my whole Saturday's ruined. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, with that, if you're going to point to the negative, Paul, about this Giant team going forward in the recent rut they've been in, I thought they played much better football yesterday. I thought, obviously, you know, they're still kind of patchworking things together. I mean, their secondary was so thin. They're making, they're doing an admirable job, but they're going to need McKinney or Jackson back at some point here in the next three weeks to try to salvage something. Uh, I thought the missed tackles on both those touchdowns yesterday, you could argue neither touchdown happens with Jackson and McKinney on the field. That I mean, just whiffs. It was crazy. Broken plays. They can't happen. Now, we could get to the positive in a second about how good this pass rush now could be with everybody healthy, but I thought negatively both the defensive back situation with missed tackles and, as we pointed to, still the drops of receivers and the offense not being able to gain momentum. If Saquon Barkley's not breaking big plays, it's literally on a Jones scramble run or Jones finds Slayton, and that is it offensively for this team. So those two negatives would be what would hold me back about this team going forward. Well, again, the, the wide receiver room has got to step up, okay? I know, you know, Slayton had 90 yards. Again, I think it's like the fifth week in a row he's had at least 60 yards in the air. But he actually leads the team with five drops. Yeah. I happen to be a Slayton fan, but that's too many. But, Paul, and that's also why he's not a true number one or number two because this has been the story of his career. So, yeah. you know, if Slayton so right was right now he's the best they got. And that's the thing. If you had an offense right now 
where let's say it was a well-seasoned Wandell Robinson healthy in the slot and you had a true, you know, X receiver on the other side and Slayton was your Y second guy, not in the slot. I think you live with it and you go, okay, the drops are frustrating me, but they are just so highlighted because that is literally what they have at the position. Hodges has right. done a fine job, but he is what he is too. Yeah. So uh, in reference to your comment about the offense, I agree with you. Um, I'm still waiting for some of these July and August plays to, to come out of the playbook. I've been promising you this for weeks. You have. I don't know why. I don't know why they're not there. Matt Breida is not getting any burn at all. And I don't think they should take touches away from Barkley to give to Breida. But I do think there are chances. I've seen where the Giants have in their repertoire Barkley and Breida in the backfield together. And that creates a lot of problems for defenses, especially if you're going to go empty backfield and both guys are going to go out into a route. Linebackers can't cover those two guys, Sean. Right. I don't know why we're not seeing that after they practiced it in August. Okay? So that's a problem that I am having a bit right now with the offense. I do want to see some of that. Defensively, I know it was a 90-yard touchdown drive in the closing minutes of the fourth quarter that tied the game. But take note of this. After Leonard Williams went out with the neck injury, Coach said today, by the way, he's still sore. We'll have to see how the week goes. Look at the 11 guys they had on the field in crunch time, Heinold, trying to hold on to that lead. And then the 11 guys they had on the field on defense during two Washington possessions in overtime. The only four guys of the 11-man unit who were opening day starters and I'm going to consider Ojolari and Tibbs part of that because they would have been had right. they not been injured. Dexter Lawrence, Julian Love, Ojolari, and Thibodeau. Yeah. Four out of 11 guys Crazy. on the field trying to hold on to a seven-point lead and then in a tie in overtime when you had Zimenez, Jefferson, Gilbert, McLeod, Flock, Moreau, and Pinnock. All on the field. Do I need to remind you, with all due respect to those fellas, how many guys did not have a job opening day of this yeah. NFL season before the Giants picked them up? Yeah. And many of them, by the way, weren't waiver claims. They were just flat out practice squad signings that, you know, went through elevation processes before they got signed. Jefferson, obviously, and Moreau being a couple of those guys. Paul, there, there's no doubt about it. And I guess that's 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 what's disheartening, right? Can they hold on with this? But I guess if I spun that, and you know what? Before I spin that, the other thing I forgot that I wanted to mention too, you talk about those guys that were on the field. How about the guys that weren't? You know, two major red flags here, both Tay Crowder and Rodarius Williams taking to Twitter to express their frustration with their lack of playing time. I mean, Paul... I mean, if imagine if that was Odell Beckham Jr., what we'd be saying, you know, if you took the Twitter to do all this, these two guys, with all due respect, and I don't know what the deal is with Rodarius Williams, felt like he played a good game in Dallas. Can yeah, we calm down and not emotionally react on social media? Not exactly the sign of good teammates here, Paul. No, I, I, I can't imagine that there's anything about Brian Dable that was pleased with that. Look, he has been straightforward and upfront with every player in that locker room about how certain guys play, certain guys don't play, and certain guys may only get limited reps. Right. He has been straight, truthful, honest, upfront, name the adjective, with every guy in that locker room. So Tay Crowder and Rodarius Williams 
undoubtedly knew going into the game, just like Landon Collins has told us all these weeks that he hasn't been brought up off the practice squad. You find out usually by Thursday or so what their plans are for you in the game. Everything with this team is done on a matchup basis, depending upon specifically what they think the matchup is on the given Sunday. And it's not just about scheme. It's also about personnel. How many different positions have we seen on this team? And it's been more than a handful that they have consistently changed bodies out or changed yeah. roles. Oh, so yeah. I can't exactly since day one. So I have to be honest. I, I, I get their frustration, but come on guys, you know what the story is going in. So you can't do what you did by going to social media. That, that, that could not have sat well with the coach. It felt very undable giant. Like when I saw both of those tweets, it really did. It was like, wow. It's disappointing. Yeah, for sure. I, and, I, I, and, 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 and based on way, what I know about yeah. him and his team and that locker room, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's going to be handled. And I suspect that's the last time you'll see anything like that. And I would argue that I don't think either of those guys did themselves any favors if they're looking for more playing time going forward when you do something like that either. I mean, because then it looks... No, you know what, Sean? I disagree. Because I think Brian Brian Dable and this staff, I think you make a mistake, they will give you your just punishment or whatever it is that they think they need to do to react to it. They tell you you did wrong, it better not happen again, and they move on. And if they think that Crowder or Williams are good in the matchup against Philadelphia, they'll play. Okay. This staff does not play petty, um, petty, I don't know what I'm looking for here, uh, hangovers, so to speak. All right. They don't. All right. I mean, I was viewing at it from, you know, sending the message to the team, you know, you could beg for your job back and we'll give it to you. But no, I guess the message is, the message is it gets handled. If there's a penalty, you get your penalty and we move on. But you better not repeat it. Yeah, and again, I guess in many ways, I'm relieved it was one of those two guys and not one of the bigger players on the Giants relieved. And oh, by the way, why do you think... I'm, so I guess it's about matchups, but and I'm assuming a lot of this has to do with the slot stuff with Darnay Holmes being out, which really was a tough blow for the Giants. You know, Darnay played some physical football lately and obviously not having him on Doxon had hurt uh, a bunch in that game. 